Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. I'm so excited to be here. I'm here with my friend Ellen. How are you, Ellen? I am also excited to be here. Wow. And she's employed and it's, you know, a work day. It's a You're work being a day. badass. I should be working right now. Please, anyone I work with, don't listen to this. Don't listen. <laughs> yeah. And I'm freelancing, which means I work at the hours that I want to work. Ha <laughs> um, I am freelance writing right now. I did I did most of it yesterday, but I do have to finish hey, I today. I can be flex. I can take an hour to work on a podcast and then go back to my regular duties. You tell them. Yeah. Couldn't happen if you were working in the office, though. You know what I mean? No. People will be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's no. why I don't want to go back to the office. Please don't make me go back. I'm Fingers <laughs> crossed. Yeah. No one should have to go back to an office. If you can get your work done at home, uh, you should be able to stay home. And that comes up in our episode today, which uh, you'll hear in just a few a few minutes. But yeah. Ellen, we wanted to try something out. So if you guys are longtime listeners of the podcast, we love you. I love you. Thank you for being here. And uh, we're trying a new segment where we judge your resume. And judge, I say, you know, we, we loosely read it. We, we have fun with your resume, yeah. right? Uh, we there re- will be a better... It's a review. I wouldn't say like... Yeah, judge sounded bad. Yeah, I'm not going to rate it. I'm not going to say like 10 out of 10 or whatever. I wasn't asking you to, but we're going to review it, maybe roast it a little, maybe, you know, things you would change. <sighs> yeah, uh, I don't, I probably won't be able to roast it. I will try. But, but wait, <laughs> this is the best. This is the best. I said to Ellen, I was like, because we want to do this with your resumes. Those of you who are listening, we want you to send them to us. You can, you can change the name. I don't care. And we're going to review them on the podcast. And, uh, and this will be a fun new segment we do and I said well let's start with my with our resumes and Ellen got all weird and was like I don't want to I don't know where it is <laughs> and so she didn't send me hers so I got I'm f- fine I'll send you mine and then you go wait you have a resume <laughs> I don't think about you having a resume like performers what the fuck performers of course do and then you go you know like do you show up to an audition with a resume? <laughs> no, but I'm not only an actor. If you've met me, I'm a quadruple threat. I'm an yeah, actor, true, writer, comedian, content creator. Actually, a quintuple threat host. I have a lot of jobs, Ellen. Okay. Therefore, I, mean, I have many resumes. I'm sorry I, have the resume. I doubted you. That's okay. You know, if you were like, I want to see a restaurant resume, I'd have to dig deep into my drives, but I have that somewhere. I have the restaurant resume somewhere. It has nothing but restaurant work on it. And right now you're getting my professional resume. I'd say as a, you know, writer, comedian, host, uh, this is not my acting resume. An acting resume is formatted completely differently. And I haven't updated that in a long ass time. But... So it's got so but, it looks good. It's solid. What's it's not the typeface? Yet. What's the typeface you're using? It's not. I don't even know. Probably just Helvetica. What's what's like the basic one? Uh, Ariel. <laughs> Times whatever. New Roman. Ariel. I think it's Ariel. Um, it kind of looks like but, that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's nothing fancy. You know what I mean? And there's too much on here. I, I look at it now and I feel like you know what. I, I want to take stuff well, off. Well, anyone of it. listening, do not make your resume two pages. That is ridiculous. No, start oh, always one page. Like, Fuck this second page. Goodbye. Um, but this looks good. Uh, yeah, I think maybe you could, like, maybe trim it. Let, you could take a little, a few of these off, and then beef up the bullet points under each one. Because I'd say, oh, interesting. Eight. What would you beef up? Um, 
well, I guess if maybe for like ho- like the host producer for Airtime app, you have one mm-hmm. bullet point there underneath it. Right. As a host I should have and a couple a producer, bullet points. There's probably tons of other bullet pointed things you could list out. But I think You're three right. bullet points is pretty good uh, for each role. Got it. Okay. Okay. So more bullet points, less actual jobs. Yeah. I think you want to like choose like the top maybe like four or five that you're super proud of and just like describe like everything that you did for that job and why it's like the best representation of who you are as a worker. It's hard to kill some of them, though. You know what I mean? Is there totally. any specific job you're like, you know what? We can kill I mean, this. We for can kill me, it. it was like I had um, internships on my resume for mm-hmm. a while. Unpaid internships. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had those on just because they, they looked cool. Um, and it was like, you know, I was still like at an earlier stage in my my uh, profession, my job. Uh, mm-hmm. So I uh, eventually, you know, felt I could take this off. And Right, but I don't have internships on here. So now where do I take off? Maybe freelance producer, writer, comedian, because all of this suggests I'm a fucking freelancer. Right? The one at the end, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Maybe I just put in, like, select videos just at the bottom or something, yeah. you know, like, things yeah. I've produced. Okay, so one other thing that I think that you're missing from this that would be probably... Oh, my God. I'm nervous. Good. Oh and God. I will just say okay. up front, it's something that I hate about resumes is, like... Okay a paragraph at the top that it's just like, hey, I'm like blah, 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 and this is what I do because like... Well, I have a separate bio. That's what you send it like an email email or something? Yeah. Yeah. I have like a PDF that's like uh, my headshot and a bio and it kind of lists in a a nicer paragraph form like what I actually do. Not like, you know, it's not organized like a resume. I I know what I mean. But you think have that and the work? Yeah, so I didn't do this for the longest time. I didn't have, like, a paragraph at the top of my resume that says, like, this is me and, like, this is my what I do and here, like, what is what I'm hoping to do or whatever. And mm. I kind of realized last year after getting laid off that that's super important. So I did it. Wow. Like, bit the bullet and I wrote it out. And now she's employed, so clearly and it then, worked, I guess. <laughs> I didn't nearly need my resume to get my last job at all, but... <laughs> oh, great. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully... I hope someone's looked at this and they're like, damn, girl, that's impressive as fuck. Uh, because I gotta be honest, you know what stresses me most about this? The spacing of everything. I really go in hard with my spacing and make sure it's all very even and and the same. I probably care too much about the spacing and less about the content, which is not the way to think. And that's why I am a creative person <laughs> and and shouldn't have a resume, right? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean by the spacing. Spacing and like font size. You it wanted to always- fit. That's why some of those roles had to go at some point because my my resume yeah. was going over. You know, one I page. think I could take off my festival stuff. I don't think they're jobs. I think I should put them as like a category. You know, like awards or festivals. You know, because I think that 
it's hard to categorize. Yeah, or if you had that paragraph at the top, you'd be like, "Hey, I'm Anna, like, and I'm award-winning, blah blah blah." I'm a I'm an award-winning comedian, host, actress, ready for the Oscars, ready to do all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Well, so you said you weren't going to rate it like one to ten, <laughs> but would you give me like an A, B, C, or D? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, w- I think I would give this probably like an A minus. A minus. Okay. I was always like an A minus B plus student, so that seems about right. Yeah, I was a so, pr- pretty. I'm solid okay with that. B I, student, so you're you're killing it. I take that. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, physics D for sure. Oh, but, yeah, I didn't you know, show up to other that than class. that, I was. <laughs> <laughs> when I cried when he gave me a D, he goes, "You're very good in the school musical." I'm like, "I can't have a D on my fucking transcript." I went to summer um, school for but math. But here we one are today. Year. It was like the saddest moment of my entire life. <laughs> no, I went to summer school in college just for any class to raise my GPA. I breathed all summer. I took an acting class because I was like, well. I guess I'll breathe. That's all I did. I laid on the floor. Um, All right. Well, thank you for looking at this. This is a very personal thing. This is like showing someone your naked body, handing over your resume. Show your resume. I was honestly, I was. She freaked out. But this has given me some confidence, so I think I'm ready to show you my resume next time. I got nothing to hide. I've talked about all this shit. You know what? And maybe it'll even bring up a new thing I could talk about on the podcast because we love to talk about all of the jobs we've had. I've had a lot of fucking jobs. A lot. We should talk about some of them. Okay, we will. Well, thank you for taking a look at my resume. And maybe I'll post, you know, the highlights of it on Patreon for people to look at. So, guys, check that out if you want to make fun of my resume. Yeah. Yo. Or find my LinkedIn. I don't fucking know. I don't even know what's on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. Yeah. All right, we've got an episode to do. All right, I'm so excited for our guest today. He is the host of Galaxy Brains Podcast. If you haven't listened, go check it out about movies and TV and overthinking both of them, I believe. He also is a comedy writer and I gotta say, boyfriend of one of our guests, alum of the of the pod, Hallie Kiefer. We've got Dave Schilling on the podcast today. What's up, Dave? Thank you so much for having me. This is a pleasure. I love to talk about myself. Oh, Dave, that's <laughs> perfect. That's exactly what we're going to do. Thanks for being here. And you got all your fancy equipment. You're really you're really set up, I should say. Yeah, I feel like a I feel like a real fancy lad, like a real grown boy. Uh, I feel like Martin Short in the movie Clifford. <laughs> ah, I love that movie. Oh my god, how have you been? How is your year? Oh, I mean, it's it's still going, thankfully. I, mm-hmm. It's always nice to still be you know, making moves and doing stuff. Um, 2021 has been pretty good. I can't complain. Yeah. Uh, we just launched this podcast, Galaxy Brains, as, as you mentioned, and the response has been really good, and I'm happy about that. And uh, the weather's been nice in L.A. <laughs> there haven't been too many fires yet. <laughs> I'm sure once That's fire good. season starts, I'm going to be like, can I just leave now? I just want to go Before anywhere. you mentioned fire, I was like, wow, what a dick. He's like, the, wet- the weather's been nice in L.A. I'm like, yeah, it's always, it's always nice in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah well there's always a downside no matter where you live like new york people sure. always want to say it's the greatest city on earth and we got pizza and we got subway stations and uh be, you know art like whatever that's fine but it also smells like trash all the time apartments okay. are incredibly tiny and uh, people are rude like yeah there's a downside to every place I, i'm happy to admit that la has a lot of downsides 
<laughs> is it weird that I always complain about how much I hate New York, even though I live here? I'm like, it's a gross I, city. This place yeah, sucks. But I, feel, I feel like a lot of people from New York do do that. But then when somebody <laughs> from outside, like me, like a big mouth like myself, says, ah, oh, it stinks, I hate it. They're like, well, wh- what do you mean? Why are you judging they me and it. saying that my <laughs> life choices are wrong? I think you're wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, it's more about the outsiders versus the insiders. Yeah, yeah, I got you. How long have you been in L.A.? I have been in Los Angeles since 2007, so whatever that is. Someone with good math skills can tell me what that means. I don't want to even waste the time on this podcast trying to figure it years. out. 14 years. Yeah, I've been here for you know a long time now. You know why I knew now. that? Because <laughs> I said, to, like, literally last night, my friend was asking me about non-dairy cheeses because I don't eat real cheese. And I was like, well, I stopped eating cheese in 2007, so it's been four. So I did the math last night. I, I didn't just do the math. I didn't want you, you to think. years. <laughs> yeah, that's a good run for not eating cheese. I mean, it's that Thank is a you. staple of my diet, which is part of the reason why I gained so much weight during the pandemic. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> How has your pandemic been? Have you been employed or unemployed or a mix of both? I have been employed the entire time. I feel like such wow. a heel wow. for admitting wow. that on your podcast because No, we love it. We you are like you are like another level above, you know what I mean? We aspire to be the employed during cool. a pandemic yeah. level. I, yeah. I had the perfect situation. <laughs> I was full-time employed with health insurance working from home, low stress job that I I didn't ever talk about publicly because it was like (laughs) embarrassing. But then I could do stuff on the side too. I had the time because it was so low stakes. I wasn't getting paid a lot. That was a a bad part about it. But I was able to do a million other great things um, with all my free time being at home. If I had been in an office during all of that, working, you know, a full-time job in an office, uh, I would have been not able to do half the things that I accomplished during the pandemic. So it's a shame that so many people were either forced to struggle because they were laid off or couldn't find work. Right. um, Or people that were working and just miserable because they were working so hard and they could never do the things they really wanted to do. I got really lucky that I could do both. And uh, my pandemic was hard like everybody's emotionally but from a career standpoint it was it was awesome yeah i feel like you know now do we ever have to go back to offices now that you can prove i can get this job done and i can live my life from home like you know i'm worried about people going back to work because i see the same thing i mean i don't work full-time but my boyfriend does and i'm like he's able to you know also be my pa in between his zoom meetings you know what i mean like we we find time for other projects during the day i i, I mean i think from the business's perspective it it makes a lot of sense you don't yeah. have to spend as much money on um, you know, maintaining desks or like having snacks in the break room or, yeah. you know, things that nobody really likes that much. Like, oh, we're going to do happy hour and uh, somebody's going to put it, uh, it all on their corporate card. Like all of that kind of like <laughs> team building stuff that people actually find annoying. Yeah. Should just be going away and that should be saving companies hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. But they're and they not, should also give it to you at home. You know, but they're like, not going <laughs> to do that. They're not. They're going to say it's time to come back. You guys all need to be in the same office together so you could be miserable together. That's going to be better for productivity. It's not better for productivity. It's more expensive and it's more annoying. It's worse for the environment. 
the more that we're all commuting places, mm-hmm. the more we spend on gasoline, the more like fumes we pump into the air. Um, it makes places like Los Angeles unlivable for some yeah. people who have to commute large distances uh, and don't have cars. Like think mm-hmm. about those people. Yeah. Who totally. don't drive that can't afford it or, you know, they're just kind of, they have a phobia around driving. Mm-hmm. This has been a godsend for those people. So yeah. as much as it makes sense for everybody, I think businesses are going to want to control you, keep an eye on you and guarantee that they're getting the maximum amount of productivity out of you as possible rather than just being like, okay, the, the job got done and we're profitable. They're not going to think the, think about it that way. Mm. Well, I hope they all listen to what you just said, because that was very inspiring. (laughs) Oh, boy, if I could get CEOs of Fortune 500 companies to listen to me, I wouldn't be living in a one-bedroom apartment in Koreatown. (laughs) I'll tell you that much right now. That's our goal. Ellen and I are going to just start blasting this episode out on LinkedIn to all these CEOs, (laughs) you know, that we are somehow connected to. I think that's the plan, right, Ellen? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know they'll hire me as some sort of like advisor or spiritual guru. It'll be great. Yeah, they'll be like, Mm, we need that guy, Dave. He's so smart. Yeah, we're (laughs) never having happy hour again. Fuck that. You know what would be nice though? And I heard of one company that did it. They like sent a like a stipend to their employees to do something nicer, to buy themselves dinner. I was like, that's how you gotta do it. Give them a little extra money where you were gonna spend it on the fucking happy hour for the office. Yeah. Give me mm-hmm. let me let me treat myself tonight. <laughs> I think companies should do that. I'm just saying, if they have the money to blow. Um, I agree. You disagree, oh, yeah, Ellen? No. No, no, I think that's great. My the company that I work for has been doing sort of like commu- like bonding events where they like the last week they sent out like if you wanted to participate in a facial, they sent like a little mini facial kit out and everybody like joined oh. on Zoom and some lady like showed us how to do it. That's nice. And also weird to give yourselves facials on a Zoom together. Yeah, it was weird to see oh, fuck. Uh, like everyone putting creams all over their faces. But yeah, I, I think these things can kind of go away. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't want to be friends with my coworkers. I, I don't know if, if you all agree with me. I feel that, but I do like free things. Sure, yeah, that's fine. You want to send me a free mug or like a jacket or like free lunch or whatever it is, you know, a back yeah. massage, fine. But I don't need to be on like a Zoom, like <laughs> uh, where we all talk about our feelings together or like do uh, icebreaker activities or something. Or like I said, the happy hour. I don't need that. Yeah. Those things are relics of many, many years ago when one, it was kind of like, you know, like we were all, we all thought it was a good idea that everybody should hang out together. Uh, <laughs> and, and then also, those kinds of things are an HR nightmare waiting to happen. If you worked for any sort of startup company in the 2000s, you know, and you were like 25, 22 years old, you yeah. worked at Vice, you probably did something horrible. <laughs> I I didn't, but I'm Especially sure somebody did. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's terrible. Like I'm sure there are people who are like, oh God, what have I done? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I say that thing to that person? Or why did I I try to make a move on that coworker and it's ruined my my career or ruined mm-hmm. my ability to like just be in an, in an office with that person? Like stop that. We yeah. are colleagues. Let's leave it that way. Let's treat each other with respect. We don't need to be combining work with alcohol <laughs> anymore ever again. It's done. It's finished. Stop. Stop it. 
He is getting hired by all these companies right now. They're going to be like, we need Dave is giving us what we need to no, hear. No, incorrect. <laughs> all of these, all of these people who are in charge. That's ego stroking. That's opportunities for them to step out and show off. Yeah. Ah, happy hour. Come on, everybody's going to be my best friend. We're all going to have a good time on me. It's like <laughs> the I, largesse of the rich person I just in the one, least helpful way possible. I, I'm happy to cancel all of that, all the alcohol activities. However, if you do still want to have Zoom trivia for your companies and have a big oh, budget, yeah, there you go. I am totally down to continue to host those kinds of events. There so you go. Keep yes. those around, I think, pandemic or not. You know what I mean? That's fine with me. Uh, yeah, Thank I you. mean, if, that's helping you. It's helping your career. <laughs> What what I just I just don't I would rather uh, a CEO or some sort of like uh, uh, executive C-suite person say, you know what, we're we're foregoing happy hour this year. We're going to give everybody raises. Perfect. Please. You're making a difference in people's lives instead of anesthetizing them with liquor. Mm -hmm. Now, I love I like to drink. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather do it with my friends than my coworkers. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not yeah, summer camp. It's wine. a job. I can't wait for Dave to become the CEO and hire us. This is going to be awesome, <laughs> Ellen. We're gonna no get... drinking at, at work. Stop no. that. But like, here's that's... another $20,000 a year. You enjoy that? <laughs> yep. Thanks, boss. That You're sounds welcome. good to me. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. I want to take it back. I want to take it back to like teenage Dave. I want to know where did you grow up? What was like the first job you ever had? <sighs> what a wonderful question. My first job that I ever had probably, no, you know what? It was not during high school. I did not have a, a an after school job because I played sports. Mm-hmm. I played baseball in the spring and summertime. Cool. Uh, so I didn't have time to like do jobs. Uh, and I also didn't really, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't going to work at like a like a Vons or, you know, mm-hmm. in the mall or something. But when I got to college and then I had things I actually wanted to buy, things to do. So that was a yeah. bit of a shut-in, I guess, in high school. Other than Where did sports, you grow up? Merced, California. Okay. So it's five hours north of L.A. Small got town, it. best known now for having a University of California campus. Um, when you said Vons, I was like, he's definitely West Coast somewhere. It's, uh, well, Vons. we have Rayleigh's. <laughs> We have the we have okay. the Northern California grocery stores like Rayleigh's and Save Mart, whereas down here in LA it's Vaughn's and Ralph's yeah. and Albertsons. Albertsons mm-hmm. used to be up there too, but I think they're kind of gone from Central California. Anyway, so I started working in college. And I wanted to be able to go out. You know, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to do mm-hmm. things and meet people and buy clothes and like be cool. So. Did you go to college in California, too? I sure did. I went to college at San Francisco State University, home of the Gators. Okay. Why are they the Gators? There are no alligators in San Francisco, (laughs) to my knowledge, other than like at a zoo. But there's no zoo in the city limits, either. The answer is they used to be called the Golden Gators. Oh. And they shortened it to Gators because it was kind of lame for the mascot to be a bridge. So then they're like, what about a gator? A Those costume? are cute. Yeah, you can't really like have a mascot of like the yeah. Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, hey, guys. I know a lot of people jump off of me, but uh, oh, try to think of oh, me God. as a more fun symbol than that. So they just <laughs> bypassed that completely and became the gators. So I worked at the library on campus. Okay. But before I did that, my first real job was at Hollister. Oh, no way. The Hollister in Daly City. 
This is, is perfect. Our last wow. few episodes, we've had former Abercrombie uh, employees, so this is like the other side of the of town. The this is the this is, side. yeah. This is the California version. Yeah. you know, Abercrombie <laughs> was this East Coast, very uh, patrician, like uh, yuppie kind of deal. Yeah. And so Hollister was the was the one for for people like me that are from California, but not people like me because it was really for white people, right? <laughs> all of all of these clothes are for white people. Yeah, ultimately. for like a surfer blonde, like that's what I picture Hollister, who created Hollister. I yeah, picture it being like, like Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High <laughs> yeah. is the person who's supposed to wear Hollister. But like, if Spicoli was rich, because mm-hmm. the, the thing about Spicoli in that movie is that he's not, like, a fancy pants kind of guy. He's, like, a blue-collar sort of, like, wastrel. Or I don't know if that's right. the right word to describe him, but, like, a <laughs> like a, like a, uh, a wafy kind of, like, um, transient who mm-hmm. you never see his parents. You don't know where he's from, but he's definitely not rich. Yeah. Um, but the Hollister kid was a kid who had money and could, and could force their parents to spend it on... Um, overpriced cargo shorts and yeah. puka shell necklaces <laughs> and flip-flops and all that stuff. All that junk that everybody wears in places like San Diego It's also or back Santa now. Cruz. I feel like that's very in now. You know, that 90s, like, Hollister look is very... That's too bad. Is it? I don't in. think so. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, God. Who, with who? People in New York? Lord. It, like, all over. <laughs> I feel like Abercrombie, like, prep, like, East Coast prep stuff is cool now. But I, I don't see people, like, really being, like, as mean, West like, Coast Gen Zers are getting back yeah, into Gen that Yeah, Gen Zers are wearing like puka shell necklaces now. Like it's Okay, like, I've seen that. I've seen that, but I don't think of it as Hollister. <laughs> right. It's vintage to them. You know what yes, I mean? It's, but, it's yeah. yeah, it's retro to them. <laughs> but but Hollister was also not like the the silhouettes were very skinny. Yeah. Because that was what was cool back then. But mm-hmm. now, you know, younger kids are wearing very you know, big pants and, and big things like I think of the way that people are dressing now more as like almost 80s kind of UK sort of people into the rave scene versus Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm, Hollister, which I equate with people who live in small towns who just shop at the mall. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think of kids like wearing like the crap that we sold at a Hollister or like the the. We put cologne on everything, right? Yeah, so you have to spray all the clothes with cologne. Strong Ew. smell all day. Hollister. It's like every few hours. Well, someone's got to be spraying the clothes. It's got to smell good. Oh God! You know, the Hol- s- the, yeah, the Hollister aesthetic to me was very like it was Southern California, but Southern California, if you were like just beautiful, like everyone on the in <laughs> in the ads was beautiful. Everyone mm-hmm. was. Um, toned and tanned and didn't have facial hair and it was very clearly about separation of the genders like it was it was puritanical whereas the way that people dress now is very sexually fluid and and sexually charged gender fluid um it's more i think more bohemian and less what hollister struck me as which was um the really just like exclusionary aspects of California, like people who live in Ventura mm-hmm. or Oxnard or something like that, that are like, they might be kind of racist. Somebody <laughs> might secretly be in like the clan in this family. Oh my God. What did you do there? What did you have to do at Hollister? I was, I was stalking 
for a okay. little bit, but mostly I was on the floor. Like they, I think, I don't know if this was a a mandate, a company mandate at the time, but they were hiring minorities uh, because they had been criticized quite a bit, both on the Abercrombie and the Hollister side, mm-hmm. for um, not having much diversity in their campaigns or in their sales staff. And I happened to know the manager of the store. I mm-hmm. needed a job. He's like, oh, just come work here. You know, you can work in, you're, you're charming enough. You can talk <laughs> to the customers. Um, <laughs> you're charming enough, enough, Dave. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, people are always underestimating how charming I am. That's I all I'm going to say. That, I think you're charming. We wanted to have you on the pod, you know. We've <laughs> exactly. Seen, although I don't know you personally. I've only known you through like Twitter and maybe we've met at a party or something with Hallie because I've known Hallie for years. But anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to to take you away from your story of Hollister. My, my reminiscence? Yeah. Also, I, it just bothered me that he said, you're kind of charming. You're charming enough. I was like, that, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say, you know, I'm pretty okay. I'm not bad uh, at talking to people. And that was kind of what it was. Is like, are you all right? Are you okay? Do you need anything? You want a size? You want a different size? You good? You good? Are you stealing? You know, that was always the thing is like, Loss prevention. Was um, it in a mall? Was it- oh, yeah. It was in the Daly City Mall. Hell yeah. Um, which is different because there was a Stonestown Mall, which is on the San Francisco side by the campus. Because San Francisco State's right on the, on the coast. Okay. Or like near the, you know, the ocean. Like we're on, right. the, we were on the west side of, of town. And then you cross over to Daly City. And then that's more just like suburban um, sprawl. In the mm-hmm. way that, you know, L.A. seems like it goes on forever. San Francisco is a peninsula, so it's kind of, you know, it's um, it's locked by the water. But when you go over to Daly City and, and places like that, you're more on you're more in that sprawl that you would see in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's separated a little bit more from San Francisco. The Daly City is, you know, you don't have to cross anything. It's just like you hop over and then it's all of a sudden magically Daly City. Got it. I've never been to San Francisco. One day. One day I'll go. But I have yet to visit. Did you ever catch anyone stealing? No, I did later. Um, but at a different retail job. I ended up later on in my retail career working for an Urban Outfitters. Oh, okay. Nice. And uh, there were people thieving. It was a, an Urban Outfitters on Melrose. So there was a, lo- a high traffic... Mm-hmm. urban environment as opposed to a mall environment. So people were more apt to go in there and, and, and be uh, provocative yeah. with their with their thieving. When, was this soon after Hollister that you worked at Urban Outfitters or was there time in between? Um, oh, there was a lot of time because this was after college. I had graduated okay. by then. Got it. Oh, yeah. You were saying you worked at the library in college. Is that a place you were? I, we've had I've. I did. I worked at the library after um, I worked at Hollister. Okay. How was that? Did you like working at the library? I met a girl that I dated for many years okay. there. <laughs> I um, enjoyed the fact that it was customer service again, but low stakes. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, do you need me to help you find a newspaper? You need me to help you um, find a, a book, um, just scanning, you know, a book to check it out that kind of stuff it was fine it was good mm-hmm. 
And yeah. did you do that all through college? Was that like your main Yeah, after gig? I finally got that job, that was it. That was my job because it was very low stakes. I could study. I could do all that stuff. I could sleep off a hangover if I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was dating. <laughs> I was dating somebody who worked there full time. It was wow. pretty nice. It was the first, but not the last time that I started dating someone um, that I worked for. Oh no, he hadn't, you didn't learn about, what was, what's the saying? Don't shit where you eat. Is that yes. the, cause... Yes, exactly. I was a child. I was like <laughs> 19, or not 19, I was like 22 or something, 21. And then yeah. I did it again in my, in my mid twenties at the Urban Outfitters actually. <laughs> I did it. I kind of was having an affair with one of the managers because her boyfriend oh, was wow. in Texas or something. And uh, yeah, we had sex. Sadly, Steamy. more than once. Yeah, it was very cool. In the, s- in the stock cool. room of the vintage t-shirt collection. <laughs> no, it was always at her apartment. <laughs> there was Damn one it. time that she tried to... Would love to know if you had sex in She tried to hook up with me in a car, in her car, in her little Volkswagen, and I was like, this is too far. <laughs> he's a proper... See, he's charming. He says, I need a proper apartment. I'm not doing... I'm not, I'm not one yeah, of those I'm guys. I'm not gross. Yeah, no. <laughs> Good <not at> grief. <laughs> so... Okay, so after college, where did you go after uh, San Francisco? So I graduated from San Francisco State. Okay. And then I got an internship the summer I graduated. Well, Mm. technically, I didn't graduate until 2008 because I didn't apply to graduate. Uh, So I finished (laughs) all my classes in 2007, moved to Los Angeles in the summer of 2007 to do an internship at a production company on the the Sony lot. No, not paid, but I had housing. Okay. It was the CSU system was doing these kind of like internship connections where you would kind of fill out some forms about where you would want to do an internship, what kind of internship you wanted to do. And then they would hopefully try to place you somewhere and mm-hmm. you would just stay on campus during the summer. You'd stay on one of the CSU cool. campuses. And so CSU Los Angeles um, was where I ended up staying. Well, the first like, I guess, couple weeks Mm-hmm. I had to stay at CSU Dominguez Hills, which is in Carson. <laughs> and that is, I don't know if you, anyone who's listening to this or you know anything about Los Angeles, but Carson is as far from Culver City as you can possibly get and as far from the, the lot as possible. Oh, no. Uh, so it would take, we, we all carpooled because only one person had a car or something. So oh. we all carpooled to work every day. Wow. Eventually, I was like, I'm just going to go myself. And I took the bus. <laughs> I started taking the bus, and that was a two-hour bus ride. Oh, my um, God. And where was we, the internship? What was the job? Culver City at uh, a production company on the oh, city right. lot. So I was reading scripts and stuff. That's cool. So you uh, knew yeah. in college, did you know you wanted to go I went into to entertainment? Film, I went to film school, yeah. Got it, got it. And did yeah. you always want to write, or you did I wanted to be know. a director. I, okay. you know, I did, um, I directed a student film called Time Tub. Cool. That was a, a Harry Potter parody oh. about two orphans <laughs> who discover that their bathtub is a time machine, and they go back in time to save Abraham Lincoln. It, this is all before this, the film starts. Okay, this I is all this. prologue. This <laughs> okay. is it's, it's like an episode of a TV show, and you're watching it in the middle. Okay. And so they come back from saving Lincoln, and they realize as they are going out into the world that Lincoln's now still alive in 2007 (laughs) and has become a brain in a jar being kept alive through technology, and now he's a fascist dictator. Wow. And that there are roving gangs of (laughs) 
teenagers dressed like Lincoln uh, <laughs> all across the country. Have you so resurfaced the, this film? Has anybody seen this? Was has, your thesis film? Yes. <laughs> oh, I love film school. <laughs> I will never show it to anyone. Why? It was a fun idea, but it was, from a production standpoint, it, it was a failure. Because oh, wow, come on! So well, I wrote up the right special effects to go back in time and, and film. Listen, no, you're <laughs> right. We didn't, but we we kind of designed it so that you wouldn't have to have special effects because okay. it'd be like it happens off screen and like all kinds of stuff. The problem was not. I mean, the script was the problem. It was very talky, <laughs> and the acting was a problem because we just had you know student actors from school who couldn't pay anybody. Wow. Yeah. But the real problem was we... They always blame the actors. No. <laughs> <laughs> my co-writer and uh, co-director, because I did this together I mean, uh-huh. with someone else, and she's not even in the film industry anymore. She's like a massage therapist or something. <laughs> <laughs> she quit a long time ago. Uh, good for her. For good reason. Anyway, yeah. um, she said, I did an internship last summer at the post group, which is a post production house. Mm-hmm. They will they will do any of the post that we need. They will develop all of our film. We'll do all this great stuff. Wow. We should do a student film on film. And I'm like, that's great. Nobody else is gonna do that. Everybody's gonna do like grainy mini DV tapes, because that was what was available back then and affordable. Mm-hmm. No one has the money to do proper film post production or to buy film. So mm-hmm. what if we did it on film? And I was like, great. What film stock should we do it on? Or what, what, you know, should it be 16? We probably can't do 35. That's really expensive. Where are we going to get a 35 millimeter camera? The Mm -hmm. the school only has 16. And she's like, no, we'll do it on Super 8. It's even cheaper. I was like, Super (laughs) 8? Wait a minute. Isn't Super 8 the film that doesn't have a a sync soundtrack? Doesn't Mm -hmm. have a mag track for recording sound on it? And she's like, yeah we'll figure it out. I'm like, okay, we'll figure it out. We'll do it on Super 8. It'll look awesome. People will be so impressed. We made this very ambitious student film about time wow. travel and Abraham Lincoln. And we'll do it on film. People will be like, wow, you, you made it look so cool. <laughs> well, we couldn't get... It was hard to to rent the, the lights that we needed. It was hard to um, shoot the Super 8 because the cartridge eventually runs out right like right it, it, they're forced they're for home video home film recordings aren't they kind of noisy too like if they're you incredibly are loud if you're yeah. recording sound you're definitely gonna hear it in the yes background. they're incredibly loud <laughs> this is like my david lynch impression they're very <laughs> loud yeah yeah these <laughs> cameras make on. all kinds of noise <laughs> Coop. what yeah exactly. um so I yeah, I knew all this stuff. I was like, it'll be fine. Who cares? We'll do it. We'll just like, <laughs> maybe we'll loop the dialogue or something. But we tried to record. We got it like a, there's a thing, a connector. Like there was actually a device that allowed you to record sound to a Super 8 camera. Okay. I think we bought it and then it broke like the first day we were filming. Mm. And there is so, there is like 30 pages of dialogue in this. Like it's a long talky piece. Right. Because I wanted it to be like a sitcom. And like, I thought, oh, it would be funny. Like, uh, look, all these funny things that are happening. <laughs> but the sound fucking sucked. I don't know if I could say the F word, but I just did. You can. You can say uh, it a lot. Do, go ahead. We recorded it. Then we decided we'll record it on GarageBand on a computer. 
Oh. That'll be fine. We'll record it separately <laughs> on a computer. They didn't have that back in the 60s or 70s. We've got a computer we can record it all on. Well, Let's what dub you find, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, we didn't dub it. We recorded live oh. on set. So, yeah, of course, we try to muffle the sound of the, of the camera like by putting pillows and stuff on it. But what you found, what we found in the post-production process, we had a post-studio to do all of the color correcting and all of that good stuff. Uh, they, you know, they 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 uh, scanned it and did a digital intermediary uh, that they could then like print out on a DVD of the finished thing and whatever. Mm-hmm. But what we didn't realize is the sound's not synced. You know, it's it's the sound is 24 frames per second is mm-hmm. not what a Super 8 camera is. Oh, it's like no. some right. different frame rate. And so the sound eventually, like you can link it up, but then eventually it just starts <laughs> to drift. Fa- oh, yeah, yeah. So it oh. was just a nightmare of chopping the soundtrack up and oh, trying no. to put it together. And there are some scenes where it's just like way off. Way, <laughs> way, 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 way off. Oh, that sounds like it was so stressful. It was you horrific. Have it? You oh, have I still it have still? it somewhere. Unless it got stolen because somebody stole some stuff out of my garage. And hopefully it wasn't in there somewhere else. But oh if it God. got stolen, you know what? No one will care. <laughs> it was bad. <gasps> I remember when it started during the film festival. Um, At school, people laughed. Yeah, people laughed in the in the in the 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 what's it? Who is what is it called? The theater. It's like the it's not it's not the Francis Ford Coppola Theater. It's like the not even the Roman Coppola Theater. It's not the <laughs> Sofia Coppola Theater. It's I forget who the the Coppola is that became like the head of the department, <laughs> but they named it after another Coppola. Okay. Because the Coppolas are all Bay, you know their their whole sphere of influence is the Bay Area. And we're in the theater and people are laughing and having a good time for the first two minutes, <laughs> and then it's just like oh yeah by the way this is thirty minutes long. <gasps> And that was my the next sound question. I was like, is how long is the project? Fucked up. Oh, it's like no. a sitcom episode. The, you know, this was before you could do good, interesting things with, um, you know, a commercially purchased computer, special effects and graphics and titles wise. So we didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of special effects, but we did have these awful looking titles mm-hmm. um, that just were like done in Adobe Premiere, and uh, it was sad. It was very sad. <laughs> But you yeah. went in with such a good story and intention, and you know you were ready to to go. Yeah, I'm sorry and we started. You shot a, we oh, used the Young Americans or Young Americans by David Bowie as the theme yes. song because it was you know this was two thousand seven. We were all being very satirical at that time about Love it. the Bush administration. Hell yeah! Uh, it's it's a piece of shit. It's terrible. I I feel bad that I did it, but I kept the the director's notebook that I had with like the script and like all the 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 um storyboards and stuff of like how the shots are going to look but you would laugh at my final project at what i i chose to do i I was a tv major but i had to make a final like you know project and uh i did a mockumentary inspired by christopher guest uh called pass it on and it was people against the subway sandwich was what pass (laughs) stood for that's fun (laughs) And I had all these character friends.
friends of mine. I wasn't in it. I was directing it. This was my project. And they all, you know, bitched. I had them play these characters who hated Subway. And I went into a Subway in Boston to shoot with some people. And they, like, kicked me out. They're like, do you have a note from corporate? Like, you can't be in here. And I was like, this is my art. This is my project. And I was like, keep going, keep going. Until they, like, came over. And they were like, get out. Like, shooed me out. And I kept it all in. I was like, this is awesome to keep in me getting kicked out of a subway with a camera. <laughs> like, I, I felt so badass. Yeah, it was those 22 were days, minutes. weren't they? <laughs> 22 the minutes. I and do, I think it exists on Facebook, actually. I think oh, it's still good. there. It's out yeah. there. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> I think there might, like, MySpace might have some sort of copy of the film. Yeah. Time Tub somewhere. Oh, um, my God. Time the problem tub. with film school or any sort of, like, um, you know, those artistic um, colleges uh, is that you are, one, too ambitious <laughs> and two, have no experience to temper your ambition. So you yeah. want to do everything. I was like, I'm going to do a Super 8 short sitcom episode mm-hmm. taking for granted that no one knows what the hell they're watching. <laughs> I'm going to figure out how to do sync sound on the Super 8 camera which most people have not figured out how to do properly because, <laughs> I mean, l- look at the history of cinema. There's not a lot of Super 8 feature films or even sitcom episodes. And, <laughs> sitcoms. Um, you know, you're working with a bunch of other people who have no experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's like one or two people in every film school class who's like, they've got it all figured out. They're really good. And they don't want to spend time working on your dumb project. They don't want to be like, look, man, this is kind of dumb and bad. And like, I think maybe you should temper your uh, expectations for what this is going to be. They're no. working on their own stuff. They don't care about you. And <laughs> so, so like true. looking at it now in my 30s, I say like, oh, God, I wish I would have. This is not a terrible idea. It's kind of fun and weird. But. I look at it now and I say, if I had just shot it on DV, if I had just like, you know, can't think back like that. At the time you were like, yeah, fuck the Coppola's. They're going to name this the shilling theater one day. They still might one day. You never know. After this film, I (laughs) I deliver. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's what it's for. It's for a spectacular failure that no one will ever see. Yeah. And then you move on with your life. Yeah. All right, so out of college, you were in Culver City. You're taking the bus to your in, your unpaid internship. What happened after after that? What was like your first job job? I'd say out of college, like where so you got after paid? that internship, I did a I did a movie. I didn't make the movie, but I was on the crew of the movie. Um, cool. That so the internship went from an internship in the story department reading scripts to the casting director who had a deal with the production company who had an office in our office. Oh, she's like, I need somebody to run the, the, the sessions. I need somebody to answer the phones, prepare Mm -hmm. the, 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 the schedules for me, talk to the agents, managers pitching and like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I need somebody. I, I don't have the budget to hire anyone. Can you do this for a day? I'm like, okay. And then I just stayed there. I just worked for as a casting associate on that movie. That's uh, cool. I, I didn't get casting. Pay. They it's didn't pay fun- you? No, because I was the intern. She's mm. like, oh, I can save money. I don't have to hire somebody on this project. They don't have the budget to hire a casting associate. It was, a, it was a movie that cost a million dollars in 2007. Wow. So, 
and they I just did that and nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, just do that. Like, great. I thought it was I thought it was an awesome opportunity to work on a movie. Yeah. To like be a part of a movie. And then they hired me to because I had just been out of film school. They're like, oh, we can pay Dave nothing. <laughs> and he will be the cat, the, the, the guy who makes the behind the scenes documentary for the <laughs> DVD. And then oh. they paid me $500 for the whole thing. Oh my God. But I was getting free food every single day for three weeks. And I had no apartment. <laughs> I didn't need an apartment. Cause I was just, I was still working the intern. The internship hadn't ended yet. Oh no. You know what I did? Actually, I didn't, I stayed with my friend who I co-directed Time Tub with <laughs> in her apartment. That's what well, I, that's yes. the industry. <laughs> so once the internship, the real internship was over, I had uh-huh. like two weeks or something to stay with her and her roommate. This ruined our friendship. We don't oh, no. speak anymore. Oh. Like I said, she's a physical therapist or something mm-hmm. um, in like you know, Orange County or some shit, Northridge. <laughs> but that ruined our friendship. Um, I eventually got an apartment once I got my first real job after the movie ended. Mm-hmm. So we got 500 bucks to film some badly lit um, behind-the-scenes behind the footage. <laughs> and I love when you I, get hired. They're like, he went to film school. He knows how to do everything. Yeah, Those so are the people who can do anything. The guy who was my boss, I don't even know why the hell he was put in charge of this. His name is Tommy Hinckley. He's an actor. He he was most famously, I think the thing that I remember him being in the most is um, L.A. Story, the Steve Martin movie. And he's also, he has a small part in Star Trek Generations, but he was like a guy who everybody was friends with in Hollywood. He was just okay. like a hanger on, kind of like a nice guy. And he was like in charge of making this documentary with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Oh yeah, so the, eventually, initially it was going to be me by myself. And they're like, no, what we're going to do is we're going to hire Tommy to do it. <laughs> and then Tommy and Dave will work together to make this. Tommy was f- just fucked off the entire time. <laughs> Wasn't really there to like help me or do anything. He's like, here's some equipment. Good luck. Mm. So I, on the side, I made like a fake commercial for the futon store at the, at the heart of this movie. It's, a, it's called <laughs> Bob Funk, if you want to find it. Bob Funk. It stars Funk. Rachel yeah. Lee Cook. Okay. Um... Who else is in there? Steven Root, who's on Barry and was on news radio and uh, is one of the great character actors. Uh, Amy Ryan, who's on The Wire and The mm-hmm. Office. She's in it uh, very A briefly. A lot of people. Yeah. It ended, well, the, the, the director, this guy Craig Carlisle, was a pretty well-known guy in the, in the New York theater uh, world. And this was going to be his, like, his, this is going to launch his career. It's going to be his big success, his huge mm-hmm. movie that's going to, like, be the thing that makes him uh, a movie director. Well, it was terrible. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this and feel bad, but I, th- I bet he probably knows it was terrible. Um, <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook was making all these promises, like, we'll get into Sundance. I know the guy at Sundance will get in. We'll do this. We'll do that. Didn't get into Sundance. Ended up Rachel. getting dumped, dumped on a DVD. You know what? Didn't end up on the DVD. My documentary <gasps> footage, my fake commercial. It was oh, at no. one point on... Um, the uh YouTube? the back like if you look for bob funk on amazon i think it still says that it's the commercial is supposed to be on the dvd but i think because the movie got dumped and nobody cared they're like we're not going to spend the money to put this on here oh no it's fine it was also a bad piece 
<laughs> I was doing it with no support with a, a handheld mini DV camera. And Still. I ended up editing it myself. It would have been probably fine if, if like they had actually paid to do the post and stuff, but mm-hmm. I had to do it myself. So, wow. Yeah, the footage itself was probably fine and they could have used it. They just, Ugh. whatever. Well, we're going to definitely look it up. <laughs> yeah, please do. I, I showed it to someone on a date once. Cause oh, no. It was like a third or fourth date. We were like okay. doing well together. And uh, she's like, I want to see this movie that you're in because I'm in it. Oh. I am very briefly in it in the climactic scene where Bob Funk, the title character, quits his job at the futon company, the futon <laughs> store that his family owns. He's an alcoholic. He's a cad. He loves women, but he meets Rachel Lee Cook and it changes his life. Mm-hmm. So he runs through the office that we had rented in Van Nuys or wherever that was our set for the, the that store or the, that office. He's like, I quit, I quit. And I'm one of the extras, unpaid. Again, I didn't get paid (laughs) for this either. They almost gave me a line. I almost got a line in this movie. Because I was a casting associate, so I knew the director, I knew the producers. Everybody was like, we love Dave, he's great. And we have a a part in this movie for a biracial kid, like a teenager. Biracial teenager. Yeah. Let's just have Dave do it. Well, I was not in SAG. I'm still not in SAG. But I would have had to have gotten a Taft-Hartley waiver, which right. allows you to, to do a SAG movie uh, and, and, and get paid for it, but not be in, in the union. They had run mm-hmm. out of waivers because this was a lot, of, a lot of favors were pulled for people that mm. the director knew from New York. So sadly, I, I'm not in it with a speaking part or, you know, maybe it was a, it was a blessing in disguise. Uh, <laughs> but I am in it as a... An extra. So I, I, I show this girl I'm dating uh, the film. We start mm-hmm. it like five, ten minutes in. She's like, can we just fast forward to the part you're in? And like, <laughs> yes, we can. Y- yes, we can. Of course we can. That would be my, my, my great pleasure. My oh. gift to you is you don't have to watch the rest of Bob Funk. That's funny. That's yeah. fu- I'm glad she said that and didn't sit through it and was like, so this has been fun, but I don't think I'm interested in dating anymore. Oh, she dumped, <laughs> me, like, she dumped me a couple months later anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> At least it wasn't over the movie, you know? She could be like, he showed me this really boring movie. I was like, I can't, I can't watch these kinds of movies I mean, together. she didn't tell me that to my face, but it could have been. <laughs> I hope not. I hope Bob Funk didn't ruin that relationship. I really do. It, it, it fortunately didn't ruin my career either, but it could have. <laughs> yeah, it's a blessing in disguise you didn't get that line, you know? Yeah, I could have been the person I worked for or worked with, the other intern on that on that movie that ended up also working on the film. Um, she uh, she <laughs> worked for Scott Rudin. Oh, yeah. I didn't have to do that. Wow. But she's, yeah. Anyway. When I interned in casting, they almost gave me a line in the Ashton Kutcher, Cameron Diaz movie, What Happens in Vegas, because I was interning and they were like casting like three. It was like dumb girl one, dumb girl two, dumb girl three. And they were like, they were like, the lines were like, hey, something. And they were like, just let Anna like do one of them. And like. I was like, oh, my God, this is my big break. I'm going to say two words in an Ashton Kutcher movie. Oh, my God. I was so bummed out I didn't get to do to do the movie at the time. I was like, wow, Hollywood really is great, isn't it? <laughs> Anyone can be a success. And, and, like That was the beginning of me being disabused of all of my romantic notions about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, we don't have so much time, but I want to hear about any other jobs that stand out to you in Hollywood that you've had, maybe, or, you know, weird jobs you've had to support yourself while uh, navigating Hollywood. Boy, I oh boy. Say. I mean, good grief. Like, <laughs> this is, I, I'm glad you asked me on this podcast because I have so many things, so many weird jobs that I did. One time during college, I uh, handed out Trojan condoms during the Pride Parade. Because <laughs> I was working for like an events company freelance. Unfortunately, I've like, done that too recently. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was just kind of like embarrassing. It's bad. And also, San Francisco Pride is not like LA Pride. Um, okay. In that it's a lot more like just people walking around with their, their, their genitals out and stuff. I guess that's more really? wholesome street fair, which is um, <laughs> where like fetish stuff and S&M stuff is very much out in the open and people kind of like, wow, you know, are more free with themselves. San Francisco in general is a, was at least at the time a more free city. I think it's probably definitely not like that anymore. So yeah. I did that. I worked, <laughs> uh, I wrote a blog for a porn company. Um, cool. Ooh. Yeah. So I got to go to the set. Oh, uh, that's fun. I had to go to Van Nuys every day to this uh, old airplane hangar and watch pornography be made. Wow! And write about How it. is that gross? There, there are are porn blogs. I've never even considered. It was that. on the yeah. So the this was two thousand nine. <laughs> it's a weekly recap of the episode. Yeah. So this was pre like Twitter being a thing and like the way that we communicate with each other on the internet is so different now. But back mm. then, the the porn company I worked for, which was a, a UK company that was. Um, funded through um, the thieving of pensions from um, old people in the UK. It was mm, kind of like, I think it was, it was like a money laundering opportunity for the, the owner. He um, <laughs> He's like, I want to have a blog so people visit the site more often and like yeah. buy more movies. This is a good way to promote. The internet is a new thing. Isn't that cool? In so case I was they don't writing love like sex, they can read. They, if they love reading about Blah, uh, about stuff instead of yeah. watching it. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to be explicit because he was like, "This is classy porn." I'm like, okay, uh, classy porn, huh? So mm-hmm. the uh, the money shot at the end—that's going to be what like uh, gold doubloons are going to come out of his penis. Is that what makes it classy? Like I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what was classy about it. <laughs> uh, but we did do a Bonnie and Clyde porn parody called Bonnie and Clyde spelled wrong. Clyde was like C L I D E, so he'd get sued. We did a Batman one called Bat Fucks. They had, to, they had to, they had to change they didn't even that. Try with that. Yeah. Well, they decided to change it because it was too inappropriate, so it became Bat F Triple X. But we oh called it we God. called it Bat Fucks on the set, of course. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we're rapping Bat Fucks today. All right. Well, we're doing the orgy because all of them you... always end with an orgy for whatever reason. It's like, we've got to get everybody finale. back for the orgy. It's like musicals. It's like, let's bring all the characters in and like, let them all, you know, sing together. But fuck Yeah, instead, but it's that right? fucking. Yeah, uh, the last thing I'll say about working in, in the porn business is it is a thing where, you know how you, there's a martini shot at the end of like yeah. a, a day's shoot. Well, you don't finish... You can't finish a day until every single man ejaculates. Oh my god! <laughs> so, if you're doing yeah, if you're doing the orgy at the end of a film, like because it, it always heightens, like oh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have one scene with a boy and a girl, then a lesbian scene, then like a three way, and then finally everybody has sex. <laughs> well, any day we shot an orgy, it would be like, all right, this guy. Tommy Gunn hasn't finished, so we oh can't go God. home until he finishes. 
It was terrible because you're just like. Were there oh. like actors? You guys were like, oh, we gotta hire this actor. He can he can finish so fast. We'll all get home in time to pick up our kids and you know. Make <laughs> dinner like yeah, like, like the, those people have reputations for like that guy can stay hard for hours or like <laughs> that guy can come real fast. Oh my or, like, god. Yeah, that person has a drug problem, so don't hire them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird, and that was that. I did that for six months, and that kept me going. Like. <laughs> The, the one thing I will stress as we wrap up here is in order to survive in the entertainment industry, you have to do anything. You have to do anything and everything. And I have had so many strange jobs, so many jobs that I didn't like that I just like, I have to get paid. And my mother recently, when, when pod, my podcast, Galaxy Brains launched, she's like, mm-hmm. you really just don't ever give up. No, because you know I, I I used to work at WWE as a writer. I got fired after two months, I think, or like eight weeks, something like more seven weeks, six weeks. Why? I don't know. <laughs> They're like, you don't seem to understand storytelling, and I was like, what? I've been watching wrestling since I was eight, and I don't yeah. understand how to tell a wrestling story. No, what are you no. talking about? So I think no. I just rub somebody the wrong way but like that was the nadir of my career i couldn't find work for a long time like real yeah. work and that was like a dream job to be not only a tv writer but also writing for wrestling which i love mm-hmm. and i just kept going and i kept doing all kinds of weird odd jobs and you know this this podcast is not exactly what i wanted to be doing when i graduated from college but it's another step on the road to doing the things that i always wanted to do and uh yeah yeah, I think you just have to just keep going. You never give up. Don't ever leave L.A. or New York if you want to make it. If you just stick around, eventually something will happen because the people that are coming in are younger and know less, and they'll be like, oh, that person's smart. That guy's got gray hair. That woman, like, she's 45. She's smarter than me, right? Right? She must be. She's been here so long. Yeah. Just stick with it. Stick with it. That's very that's very good and helpful because it is true. I always think you never know who you're going to meet on a certain project too. It might not exactly. be the job you want, but yep. you don't know where they're going after. They're they're trying to make it just like you are in this industry. So you don't know if they have a big movie, you know, uh, coming out and what's it called, Bob Funk Two, and they were like, hey, you yeah, know, who'd who be knows? great? Bob Funk Two could still happen. He might he might <laughs> fall off the wagon and start drinking again. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, is there any job you've had in your in your recent career that you know something that you thought, oh my God, I finally am like getting somewhere I'm really excited about? You know, we all have a little bit of a win. I don't want it all to be you know weird jobs that you know. Oh, I think doing this podcast feels like a real win. You know, like not everybody galaxy pay- brains. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. everybody pays you to do a podcast. Sometimes it's you awesome. just do one for fun or like you wait for the ad revenue to come in but it's like a job it's like it's great and like they're promoting it and having me do stuff like this like this you booked me through me but like people are actually sending me out and having me do press and stuff it's like that's awesome this this feels like a thing like and you get to be you and you get to talk about things you're very interested in yeah i get to be irreverent and silly but also thoughtful and you know serious when it makes sense to be serious so yeah, my dream, my first dream was to be a game show host or oh, a host really? of some kind. So this is like going all the way back to my first dream. I'm not a game show host, but I am a host of some sort. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Thank I, you. I, I, I got to be honest. I haven't listened to it yet, That's but fine. I will. No one, no one I will. who puts me on these shows ever <laughs> actually <laughs> listened to it. That's I fine. thought about 
about it. You know, if I go on someone's podcast, I always listen to it before I go on. But I, yeah, I never do. <laughs> what is this one about? Uh, it's I'm porn. Joking. porn. It's about porn, actually. It, yeah, it was for a few minutes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> I'm really excited for you for the podcast. We do this one just for fun, so you know, wink, wink, Patreon. You know, hey, check that out. Because you gotta, you gotta support people who are making content for you. That's yeah, that's important. Yeah, but we're having fun, and it's so great to meet people like you and hear about all the jobs you've had, and it's very inspiring because you are in LA, you are working, you are writing, you're hosting a podcast and to a lot of other people you are a hollywood success right now that is that is the dream and yeah. so the only person i need to impress is my mom and the fact that she was like and hallie yeah. kiefer and hallie well <laughs> hallie is impressed when i just like i wake up or i breathe she's just like dave you're you're great but i feel the same way about her so it's, Aww, it's fine we love hallie she's the funniest yeah, she's and is the your best. mom proud so she's listening to the podcast your mom Yes, yes, my mom is proud. She was not, she did not want me to go into show business. <laughs> and so she was like, I Smart guess I was mom. wrong. <laughs> and now I can retire, <laughs> folks. Thank you so much. There you go, yeah. I was going to say, my mom doesn't know how to listen to a podcast. She knows they're somewhere, but I don't think she even knows how to how to listen to it. We had her on, and it was a fucking nightmare trying to set her up to to do it. It was oh, not I'm worth sure, it. I'm sure it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, this was so great. And I, I feel like I was with you through all of these experiences. You really tell great stories. So thank you so much for being with us. I know you're a busy man. You got places to be. So I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. Of um, course. I was happy to do it. Thank you so much thanks. for having me. And hopefully everybody listens to Galaxy Brains on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Apple yes. Music whatever place you get Wherever podcasts you prefer. Yeah. yeah and follow at galaxy brains on twitter or follow me on twitter at dave underscore shilling amazing well he answered all my other questions which was, uh, <laughs> host to host you know i know what to do here oh i didn't uh, ask my one fun question i'm giving oh. you one i'm giving you one more okay, okay you ready here we go okay because you talk about a lot of movies and tv on galaxy brains we wanted to know do you have a favorite unemployed themed movies where someone loses a job, a famous movie or a scene that you love from a movie or a TV that has to do with stripes. losing a job. Stripes. Stripes. I don't know Stripes. Yes. Okay, Stripes starring Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. Okay. Bill Murray's a cab driver. He gets fired. Uh, Harold Ramis is a... Um, is this pre-Ghostbusters? This or? is pre-Ghostbusters. It's, I think, okay. 82. Like, two years before Stripes. Or before Ghostbusters. Um, Harold Ramis is an ESL teacher. Teaches English as a second language. They both get, get fired the same day. They're kind of slackers. And Bill Murray sees a commercial for the Army. <laughs> and he's like, let's just join the Army. They're hot babes overseas. They'll pay for all of our food and lodging. It'll be great. We'll be set. So then they go join the army and hijinks ensue mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite movies of all time i love bill murray uh and so i highly Me recommend too. you checking that out if you haven't seen it which it sounds like you haven't amazing i love it no we haven't ellen and i are going to try and watch some unemployed movies so thank you for the recommendation i thought yes, you'd be thank you the perfect person to ask. you're very welcome thanks thank you. all right 
Everybody, you heard him. Go follow him. Go listen to his new podcast and uh, and check out all the funny stuff he does. Oh, very funny on Twitter. I highly recommend a, a great follow. And uh, and that's the episode. Guys, go back and listen to all the other ones. All 64, 65 other ones. Holy shit. That's a lot of them. And rate and review and, you know, check out the Patreon. If you want to see this video, that's where it'll be. Uh, we look great i look sweaty and uh and that's it have a good one see you next time bye right now i just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our patreon this is your shout out right here from me tons of love and if you haven't checked out our patreon all of our videos go up there sometimes i just write fun things because i feel like it and it's just a really nice way to support us at unemployed and you know so we can keep this thing going we do it for nothing we do it for fun we do it for you to listen to so definitely check out the patreon and right now huge shout out to our patrons bill horton chi of steel danielle mccartney Lori jackson Jeannie logan we got joe galati chris arneson Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you.